devil in the teen set. <laughs> <laughs> this week's Devil of Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson, and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining me on the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul, how's your week been, mate? Yeah, all right, thank you, mate. All right, got um, some days off coming up this week, so I'm looking forward to that, spending a bit of uh, time doing something other than boilers. So, so yeah, looking forward to that. But, yeah, busy week. Disappointed on, on Sunday, had a nice weekend until I went to Lee and yeah. watched us collapse at Lee. But, yeah, I'm doing all right, thank you, mate. How's yourself? Yeah, I've been grafting uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and off Thursday, Friday this week. Long weekend, so that'll be something for, to look forward to. Uh, Park is still camping in the lakes, getting getting a taste for this uh, outdoor action. Yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, he's doing all right. He's got a bit of decent weather, I think, this week. Weather's a bit better than it was last week, because, excuse me, you get a lot of rain in the lakes, don't we, and that? But, uh, mm. but no, it looks all right. Nice, nice and chilled. You need that, don't you, sometimes? A bit of a relax and recharge your batteries and that, and... Get in touch with nature, as they say. Middle of nowhere, though. In the middle of nowhere, Paul. It's like, you know, I mean, all there is are lakes, mountains, and a bit of low-flying low fog. That's what it's all about, though, isn't it? Sometimes it? you need that, that, that break. Yeah, I'd love to go somewhere like that and just switch off and not have my phone going all the time and people mibring saying, this isn't working, that's not working. You just want a bit of time to yourself, don't you? So, uh, so no, it, it'd do me that, to be honest with you, especially in my house at the moment with... Uh, Three women and a dog mavering. It's a film in there somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't mind chilled out places, but I don't think you could do it for a long time. You get start, you start hearing your own heartbeat after a while, don't you? It's that quiet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right there. Yeah, you are right. But, uh, but no, everybody needs a bit of uh, relaxing, rest and relaxation, don't they? I suppose with the uh, the busy busy lifestyles we all lead these days. <laughs> Yep, so there's loads to go at uh, this week. We're going to look back at the lead defeat. We've got all the big news um, coming out of the club. Uh, we've got your amateur report, and then we're going to preview the game on Thursday against Catalan. So what we'll do, we'll start off with the, the lead defeat on uh, Sunday. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Sovereign Devils were defeated uh, against Lee. They lost 32 points to 22, Paul. Lee's first Super League win of the season. Disappointment for uh, for us fans. Obviously, a big rivals uh, day. And, uh, yeah, Richard Marshall's men go down to defeat. Yeah, I think the, the disappointment more was with the performance than the defeat. I mean, I won't begrudge Lee a, a victory. You know, they played well. They deserve to win the game, but... I thought he was very poor. I thought he was really poor. I didn't think Lee played that well, to be honest with you. Um, they've got they've got quite a lot of players injured, and if you looked at their starting lineup, there's a lot of names in there you wouldn't recognise. But they, they gave 100% commitment, and I think they played they played things right. I think we played into their hands. We gave away loads of penalties, loads of six to goals, conceded ten points in penalty goals. And if you're going to give a team a leg up like that, you, you, your back's against the wall, isn't it? It is. It is, uh, Paul, and obviously. Looking at the team, we've got two of here at fullback: Ken Seal, Christian New, Dan Sargentson, Reese Williams, uh, Atta Hingano, uh, Kevin Brown, Josh Johnson, Andy Ackers, Jack Armanroyd, Harvey Levet, James Greenwood, and, and Danny Addy on the bench. We had Dan Norman, Elijah Taylor, Ryan Lannon, and Greg Burke. Yeah, it was disappointing. People talk about penalties a lot, and I've, I've saw it a lot on Twitter. People saying, "Oh, you know, we, we're giving away too many penalties. We're most sort of indisciplined team." 
in the league. But, but for me, I think the problem with the game against Lee was we never really got going. We scored early on the first set, and then the next sort of five sets we didn't complete. Couple of forward passes. One, I think, a, a sort of a silly penalty, and we we kind of gave away uh, sort of a, a trade trading set with them. So really, it was more about turning the ball over, e- uh, sort of easily, rather than us giving away silly penalties in that first sort of half an hour or so. Yeah, I think to be honest with you, I think we scored. You can score too early in games sometimes, can't you? And perhaps, yeah. You know, it's me surmising. I, I think we we scored early there. And we thought, we're going to turn these over. The rubbish things, we're going to turn these over easy. And yeah. you can't do that against any team in Super League. You've got to work. If you want the two points, you've got to work for the points. You yeah. can't just roll up and take them. And Lee weren't going to lie down. They've been targeting that game for weeks. You, you know that. Their, their coach has said, you know, we've got a chance in that game. And and, and they played the, the game plan right. Like you said, I thought we we didn't complete, we didn't punish Lee when we had the opportunity. Um, we were given far too much possession. They eased the way back into the game and, uh, and got the try. Poor defending that, but you know, to keep giving those penalties away, and, and they they just kept chipping away and taking the points, and yeah. um, you know you can't you can't fault their game plan. Yeah, I, I looked at it. It was it was knock on, then it was um, penalty, then it was a forward pass from the play the ball, then it was a forward pass by two. You threw it out to the wing to, to for Williams, and it was forward. Then we scored, and then we sort of gave a drop out sort of straight after as well, and and it's things like that where there's no momentum. And I think as the game sort of went on, the panic set in. We scored just for half time, but you could see you could see the players on the sort of field starting to panic because obviously they weren't getting territory, they weren't getting possession, and they knew this Lee team weren't weren't here to roll over. No, and there's, there's poor performances out there. I mean, I think with Danny Addy got caught twice, just stood still. You know, you've got to be on your toes all the time, haven't you? And prepare to, to, to take the ball in and, and do things right. And to me, it was sideways again. People were waiting for other people to do the work. Nobody wanted to take the game to Lee. And I, I don't know. I mean, Ken Seo got that try and we got back in front there. To me, we should have, we should have got the game by the scruff of the neck there. Yeah. We had Lee there. We were in front and we should have driven our advantage on. We didn't. Discipline again, like daft penalties away, didn't complete sets of six and invited Lee back onto us. And with that home crowd behind them cheering them on, they, they needed that there. And, uh, and, and no, we didn't get a foothold in that second half at all for me. And uh, we were miles off the pace, miles off the pace. Yeah, I think it was the kind of like between 50 and 60 minutes. He squeezed us, they got them three penalties, and that gave him the, the buffer, didn't it? And we just couldn't recover from that. Uh, but yeah, disappointing. I mean, I'm sure, obviously, Richard Marshall's men won't, won't be happy with that. They'll be looking at that video and thinking how they can how they can improve on that. Um, but obviously, like I said before, it's about keeping the ball. It's about building pressure. And I, and I did, didn't see it against Lee. Not at all. It was a really poor performance, Rob. And, and not taking anything away from Lee whatsoever. They're a poor team. They really <laughs> are a poor team. And they, and they made us look, look garbage. I mean, it was 10 points difference there. They should have had 40 points, Lee. They should have had more points than what they got. Yeah. Um, and I, I just thought we were, were we were awful. It was a, a poor game plan. And to me, it was just like they'd chuck the towel in. They'd beat Uddersfield and it was like, that, that's our cup final. We beat Uddersfield, we beat Watson. Put the, the queue on the rack now. We're not bothered now. And that's not the right attitude. So we've got five games left now. And if we play like that, we're not going to win none of them. Mm-hmm. We're not going to win another game. So there's, something's got to change there for me. I thought that was a real, real disappointing performance. And... Couldn't really take any positives out of it at all. It was it was poor. Flip side though, for me, defence was good. Even though obviously Lee had a lot of ball, they had a lot of territory. We absorbed a lot of tackles. We we'll look at the stats in a minute. You know the forwards tackled themselves to to to, 
you know, standstill, uh, really. But if you're giving away possession and you're giving away territory, that's what's going to happen, isn't it? You know, you're going to have to absorb, which is what happened. It was four tries apiece, wasn't it, the, the game? So, mm. it, it, like you said, you, you give a team 10 points in, 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 in penalty goals and that's that's been what the difference is, 32-22 in the end. Mm. Um, I think you've got to give Lee credit. I thought they had a lot of enthusiasm there, you know, the likes of uh, Adam Sidlow. Yeah. I thought he worked really hard for him. Liam Hood yeah. came off the bench and Mello. he changed the game a bit for him. I, th- I thought, yeah, I don't think Mello's the quickest, but he's direct. Um, if you look at Kevin Brown and Igarno, not direct at all. Neither of them went forward. Neither of them took the line on. Kevin Brown made a bit of a break. I think there was one where he went through, took a quick, quick tap. I think it yeah. was. Um, but his lack of pace is a bit alarming, really. Now he's. I know he tries hard, and but that that pace there, it's not there. So a lot of our problems stem from our back, I think. And I didn't get Richard Marshall's team selections. I'm, Chris Atkins has been playing really well, mm. and yet Atkins didn't play. And he changed it round again. Does he want to have a look at players for next season? Did he want to have a look at Igarno? I understand that. But I don't know. Has Richard Marshall learned one or two things from that game, possibly? Well, I suppose if he's looking for next season, why are you playing Kevin Brown in there? Surely you'd, you'd be putting Atkin exactly. and uh, Atahinga now into that sort of halfback role to see how they can combine and how the, the chemistry is. Putting Brown in in this little experiment doesn't make any sense. No. No, baffles me. You'd have to ask, ask Richard Marshall that. I mean, I felt sorry for Sam Luckley as well. I thought mm. he played really, really well against Huddersfield. Made the squad. Didn't play in that game. So, I, I don't know what's happened there. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but there's one or two players I thought were really, really poor on, on Sunday. And if they're playing on Thursday, I'll be surprised. So, I think he'll I think he'll make some changes. I've seen the squad. I know a few people have come back in. Uh, but he wasn't good enough. You, you can go on about it till the cows come home, can't you? He wasn't a good enough performance. It was poor. And it was disappointing because... The Salford supporter deep down in us knew that that was going to happen. Yeah. You know, we were going to be the fall guys, and that that would happen because it always seems to be us. Um, you know, that lose to these teams when they're on a bad run. So, um, yeah, so disappointing. And like I said, I don't begrudge a victory. I thought they played well, but it's just alarming the way we played, especially after we beat Huddersfield. We played well in that second half, and then you wanted to kick on, build some momentum. But that was like a step forward, and two steps back. Question is, Paul, how do you fix that? Obviously, we talked about it. You know, it happens a lot with Salford. We, you know, we come up against teams that we think we should win, but we don't. Um, we thought we'd eradicated that with our obviously our run to sort of grand finals and, and challenge cup finals. Obviously not. So what? What's how do we how do we solve this problem? How does Richard Marshall sort of get his players in the right place mentally to be able to win one game against Huddersfield last week convincingly? Battle, battle like crazy, get the result and then back it up the week after. Is it physical? Is it mental? Or is it a bit of both? It's a bit of both. And without being disrespectful to the players, I don't think the squad is as good as what it was a couple of years ago. I don't think the players are as good. I don't think we've got that team spirit that we had then. Um, we've, we've not got match winners Sometimes you need those match wins. It stems from half-back again. You've not got those people that are dominant enough. If you're going to win games, you need a dominant half-back pairing. Um, and, and you need to control the game. We don't control games enough. I mean, the Huddersfield game, I didn't think we controlled. There's a lot of questions there, Robert. I don't think we, we're good enough at the moment, are we, to, to, to make playoffs and things like that. We, we're struggling a bit. And um, you had a big changeover in players. You've lost your captain as well recently, Lee Mossop going. Yep. That's that's probably at the side hard as well. So um, I don't want to be too harsh on the team, but uh, but it's difficult. Richard Marshall has got to put his stamp on things, and obviously 
we'll, we'll judge Richard Marshall next season when he brings his own players in and builds his own squad because at the moment he's still playing with, with last season's squad really isn't he so uh, so yeah I think there's a lot of work to be done we, we all know that don't we uh, but it's not a possible job a good coach Marshall and I think he can turn things around but no it was a bit of a step backwards that and um, it's one of them things isn't it these things happen you've just got to uh, you've just got to look to next week and turn it around yeah, I think what it is, it's more of a mental thing for me because you've got to back up, haven't you? If you can back up and win yeah, yeah. two and, and three, momentum occurs, doesn't it? And then I, I feel we, we, we struggle with that that sort of getting all that oomph the second time. We'll win one game and how much does that take out of us physically and mentally? And it's always been a thing at Sopa that we're, we come up against the team in that second game where you think, just go again, Andy can't. We have done recently in the last couple of years. We've got to grand finals and we've got to, to, to Challenge Cup uh, finals as well. But that was momentum. But like you said, different team, different people in, in different positions, different characters in that side. This team is, is full of, of, of good players, that I feel. And it's just a matter of, of Richard Marshall bringing a few, face, few faces in and moulding uh, that team into a winning side. They're not far off, let's be honest, Paul, but there, there is work to do. Yeah, we've got some good individuals, Rob. I think we lack a bit of leadership at times. You, you've not got that leader on the field, that go-to man that we've had before. You know, you look at 2019, you had Jackson Aces there, who was the go-to man. Um, you had Naya Levels in the side as well, who was a talisman. He was always there, always backing up, always scoring tries. And there's players like that in the team now. There's some, there's some very, very good individual players in that team. But like you, I, I'm the same. I think we're just... Maybe one or two, maybe three players short of a really good side. And um, it's keeping the spine of that together and, and, and strengthening it for next season. And, and I'm sure we will. But then you've got to be consistent. You've got to be consistent and you've got to beat teams like Lee, haven't you, when you go to those games? Because it's no good beating Huddersfield and, and other teams and then and then losing the bread and butter sort of game. So, um, so yeah, consistency is the key, Rob, isn't it? It always is. Yeah. Uh, looking at the, the stats... Uh, Paul, uh, Elijah Taylor, 23 tackles, Andy Ackers, 39 tackles, Ryan Lannan, 37, Andy Addy, Andy, Danny Addy, sorry, 36, uh, Greg Burke, 34, uh, Josh Johnson, 36, Harvey Levette, 32, and uh, Jack Armand Roy, 27. So the, a lot of tackles absorbed by our forward pack there. Yeah, yeah, and it was, it was a physical game, wasn't it? Lee have got a decent-sized pack, haven't they, as well? And, and they, they took that game to us, so we knew we were going to have to do a bit of defending. They like to throw the ball around as well, don't they? I thought, they, I said to you like last week, I think they've been unlucky in certain games this season where, where they could have won. And all the last game against Old Kingston Rovers where they lost late on, they was unlucky in that game. So, uh, so yeah, they, they were no mugs. So, uh, no, I, I don't think you can question the effort of the players. I thought there was, there was, there was plenty of effort there. It's just application. Sometimes, yeah. and you know, I thought one player I thought played really well was two of the layer. I thought it was great at fullback. He took everything. I think he was out of position for the Mellor try, but he just made a tackle. So I mean, I let him off for that. But I thought he was great under the eyeball. He was he was pretty good with going forward on attack as well. So, uh, but I don't know is he leaving us next season? There's, we're not sure, are we yet? Whether no. he's going? Whether he's been confirmed or anything? But uh, be a shame if he goes. Good player. Yeah, good player, but obviously. If, if he does depart, there's going to be other options and other people vying for that spot. But it's, it shows how important a spine of a team is and how important that fullback role is. Because if you can have a player who can sort of come into the line and make a difference with a pair of hands and can kick as well, gives you options when the ball comes across. And defending teams then have a bit of a problem. Is he going to kick it? Is he going to pass it? What's he going to do? And then milliseconds of the defence thinking about it gives you that extra opportunity to uh, to attack, which is which is what Tuol here does 
Well, yeah, exactly, and 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 he's a he's a creator as well. He can create things, can't he? And come into the line and set tries up. He's kicking games pretty good as well. So yeah, if we were to lose two, which I hope we're not, but uh, the strong rumours we are, I think we, we'd miss him as a good player. But uh, there's other players in the team who are going to come through. Looking forward to uh, Mr. Croft next season, aren't we? Who's uh, being spoken about? So uh, we'll have to see what happens. I think there's going to be a turnover of players, isn't there, for next season? You've got Kevin Brown, who, who's, who's retiring, and so there's, there's, things are going to change, aren't they, and, and whatever. So it's up to Richard Marshall then to, to mould his side and, 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 and get his team in place. And those sort of players, you've got to build a team round, haven't you, creative sort of players? Yeah. Uh, looking at you, the meter makers, which is, I think, the important uh, stat, really. Uh, Ken C, 168, Tuilani, 150, and Dan Sargent, 135. But the rest of the team and the forwards were between 40 metres and 60 metres, which isn't good enough if you want to go and win a game. Too much going sideways, Rob. Mm. I've said it before, we're not direct enough, are we, sometimes? You know, the, yeah, there's certain performances on there. I think Ken C, again, He's got to be one of the best finishers in the league, Ken Seal. You know, you give him the ball and a bit of space and he'll score. And I think Ken's moving on at the end of the season. He's been, I think he's, he's, he's leaving us, isn't he? From what I've heard anyway, and what's been, been touted about. Um, did the club put that out? Have I just made that up? I'm sure, I'm sure the club said, oh, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think it's wrong rumour. And, and I'd love to keep all the Ken Seal, I really would. I think he's a, he's a great finisher. And uh, But yeah, we, sometimes we tend to be a bit too. I don't know. I don't think Lee did anything special to win that game. I think they run hard, they run straight, they were dead enthusiastic. And yeah, Mello, he's a good halfback. Him, he's had a lot of injuries over the, the years, but I've always been impressed with him. And I've seen him play with Nurson when he was at Wigan years ago as well. He was direct. He took the line on, mm. and even though he's not the quickest player in the world, it it's difficult for defenders to deal with. And if you watch the way he played with Sidlow. He had a good understanding with Adam Sidlow. A couple of times he'd offload it and have, have Sidlow coming back on the inside. And yeah, I think I think we we just got to be a bit more direct. We've got players there who, who can take a line on. You know, Lola here and Atigano. I've still not seen. I don't think we've seen the best of him yet, Igano. I think you know he's an international player, isn't he? I just like to see him on the ball a bit more and be a bit more direct and shows his skill, shows what he's got. Yeah, obviously only a few games in in Garno and you know. We're looking at him, we're thinking, oh, you know, is he? do we need a bit more of him? But he's settled into a new country on the other side of the world. He's played sort of two or three games. He's had a game off as well. Um, so, yeah, I suppose we, we do need to see a bit, but he's still got games in, in the tank to, to play. And hopefully, uh, you know, we'll, he'll, he'll show us lots of promise and even more next season. Yeah, I hope so, yeah. Has he signed for next season or is he... Well, I think he's one of them he's where, good. if he's good, we'll Is it an option on. at the end of this season? Yeah, I think Whether so. Whether we decide to keep him, yeah. So, well, hopefully, yeah, he impresses and, uh, and Richard Marshall decides to keep him because I'm sure he's, you know, he's got a good pedigree, hasn't he? He'll play for Tonga and uh, international player. So, uh, yeah, I, I just don't think he's he's found his spot in the team yet. But we've not we've been a bit in and out, haven't we? We're not winning matches and we're not playing at the top of the league. So, it's difficult to break into a side when you're not doing very well. So, uh, so no, we'll... Um, We'll give him the benefit of the doubt, I think. But, uh, but yeah, I'd like to see a bit more. Yeah, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Uh, Ricky P and his dogs in sale. How many penalties? Sarge. Uh, Richard Martin. Pathetic, woeful, embarrassing. Gary Williams. Brainless, no desire. Mark. Really poor show. Tui. Uh, John Way. Unprofessional. Uh, his man of the match was CO. Colin Wilson. Well played, Lee. He hadn't got a man of the match. Uh, Stuart Smart. Mr. Leader. CEO. I think that could be a, a thing. Obviously, Lee Mossett's retired uh, through injury and we've got no 
where we've got captain, we've got like a vice captain, I think Greg Burke has come in, Kevin Brown as well as took over as the, the real leader. Uh, but obviously moving forward, uh, there's going to have to be somebody else to come in or somebody in the group who's going to stand up and, and be that be that head high, head guy. Yeah, you need that. You need somebody to, to lead the team. You need somebody to to give them the rounds of the kitchen when you stood behind a goal and you just conceded a try. You know, Malcolm Alka used to do that all the time, didn't he? And yeah. every, every team needs a, needs a player like that. So, yeah, I think there's there's been a lack of, of, of leadership there since since Lee Mossop went. And, you know, somebody needs to step up. Now, there's, there's plenty of senior players there at Salford. I mean, it's not like playing a team full of kids every week. There's, there's some international players there, some good players there. So, yeah, we, I'd like to see that. I'd like to see somebody grab it by the, the scruff of the neck. It's... I don't know, I was thinking about the sport in general recently and, and just reading some stuff in the League Express and things like that. And it's difficult. It's, I don't know, since the COVID situation and what have you, I mean, you look at the crowds, they've not sort of come back, have they? The game doesn't seem quite the same. There's no scrums, there's this, that and the other. And I don't know, something needs to change for me for next season. And um, that enthusiasm needs to be back there. I mean, I watched the Wigan Saints game the other night and they're normally great matches, aren't they, the derby games? I thought it was garbage. I thought Wigan were really poor. And I don't know. There's there's something needs to happen in um, in the sport in general because it's um, it seems to be going backwards for me. So uh, so yeah, I'd like to see some some changes. Flip side of that, whole derby was unbelievable. Yeah, it was. It was a good game. That was a really good game. I watched that. On, well, I tried to watch that on Saturday night. With me, my wife and the kids had gone out and dog was here and if I had told him to get off the couch once I must have told him about 100 times <laughs> I was just up and down up and down tackling him off the couch so I was watching it and then pausing it and watching it but no I enjoyed it it was a good game it was a good match that and there was a decent crowd there wasn't in a good atmosphere yeah. as well and uh, that was a good game but uh, but yeah I think um, I think there's a lot of uncertainty this season hasn't there you know with games getting postponed and things like that it does we're living quite an uncertain world at the moment don't we so, um, so yeah I'd like to see it settle down a bit next season and you know, uh, things fall back into place, if you like. Yeah. Uh, Colin Reynolds, penalty, 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 CO. Um, Anne Wincup, disgrace, that's all. Uh, James Hoskinson, long walk. Yeah, congratulations, James, on his uh, charity walk. I think he walked from the AJ Bell to Lee uh, for Lee Mossop's charity, amongst others as well. Uh, he's uh, walks all the way to Lee and then watches that. That's going to break your heart a little bit, Paul. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He phoned me when I got there. I just got to Morrison's for a cup of tea and uh, he phoned me, oh, can you meet us? Are you in your car? I said, yeah. He went, can we put some bags in your car? <laughs> the game. So I was I was baggage man for him. So, uh, But yeah, they'd done a good job there. I think he said it was about 10 miles. Yeah. Um, the lad who we walked with, his name escapes me, forgive me, but um, he said he had like blisters all over his feet and 10 miles is a long way and it was pretty yeah. warm as well on Sunday and that bag he was carrying. I carried that back to my car, brought to my dad's car, and, and dumped it in. It weighed an absolute ton because my back was killing. I only walked about hundred yards across the car park with it. So, uh, so yeah, they did really well there. So, uh, yeah, well done to them all for a good cause as well. Yeah, Tony Frame, the three P's. He ain't got a man of the match. Uh, Nicholas Fletcher, mistake penalty, repeat to it. David Deakin, penalties cost games. Carol Renshaw, I can't speak, so angry. Your mate Roy Ellaby, indiscipline costs us again. Tui. Um, Paul Kynunton, can't be bothered, mate. His man of the match didn't have one. Uh, Matt Carr, lack of desire. Uh, Rachel Todd, she has no words. Tui. Uh, Chris Whitaker, embarrassing the name. Uh, you said the fall, guys, but we've talked about that, haven't we? Where you know it's just, it's a thing that we seem to struggle to to avoid uh, going uh, going down to defeats where we shouldn't be. 
Yeah, I was thinking back to um, Castleford. We played them 1997. I think they lost about 11 games on the spin. I remember seeing the highlight video because that Mick Morgan did the highlight video. But I remember being there that day. And we got beat 12-10. I think Scott Martin scored late on. It got disallowed. Yeah. But uh, that was that was the same. That was exactly the same. They lost about 11 games on the spin. Salford rolled. We were playing really well at the time as well, and we went there and got beat. So. Uh, yeah, these things happen, don't they? I mean, I believe there was quite a lot of people in the, the ground that left early on, on, on Sunday and, um, you know, people sort of saying it's terrible, it's this, that and the other. And I thought, I don't know, it was that bad. So I think you've got to give Lee a bit of credit. I thought they played pretty well, but uh, it's not the end of the world, is it? You know, it's, these things happen and uh, you, you move on, don't you? Yeah, I think, obviously, you only leave to get off of the car park early, don't you? Let's be fair. After you've got to beat that bad, people just want to get off, don't they? So Never left a match um, But I'm, I'm not a massive leaver early. I never have done, really. I'm more of a kind of wait till the end and then I probably turn me back on them, really. You need, if, you, if you're that unhappy about farmers, you need to do something that's, that, you know, not to be expected to get, a, you, get, an, you, get an impression made yeah. going early. Some people do that. Some people shout all kinds of nasty stuff, uh, which is wrong. Um, but yeah, frustration, people get angry, don't they? And um, it's all about getting out of your system, really. And unfortunately, when we do get to be like that, uh, it does boil up. Yeah, I've always been one that just gives them the stare. I don't <laughs> shout at you. I don't stare with my arms folded. That's yeah. how I've always been. But no, I can categorically say I have never, ever left a game early and I never would do it. It's a matter of personal pride for me. I'd yeah. never leave a game early. It's just no matter how much they're losing by I don't know. There's something satisfying about staying to the end. It's just like... Um, a suffering sort of thing. My dad told me that years ago when I first started going. He says, son, you never leave a game early, no matter how bad it gets. And I've lived by that. And I've never wanted to let my dad, dad down so because he shouts at me. So I've never never gone early and I never would. But I understand it. Yeah, I understand the supporters being disappointed. Well, we're on that, a positive spin. Cool. I thought we took a really good following to uh, to Lee. I actually yeah. took a little picture um, and posted it on the page from where I was sat. And um, there was a good following there. I'd say a good seven... Six or seven hundred, maybe, mm. from Salford. It was a good, really good following. So, um, so yeah, you can't you can't really dish the supporters. I think the supporters are uh, are pretty good. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's all the chat about Lee um, defeat. And what we'll do now, we'll look at all the big news uh, coming out of the club this week. So first, a bit of news: fans meeting on the first September in Walton Legion. First September, uh, fans evening, Wharton Legion, Kevin Brown, Connor Asper and Cliff Eccles. That'll be a, a very good evening. Lots of lots of good chat there. Yeah, Cliff Eccles, it'd be great to see Cliff, uh, Cliff Darrett. Cliff's a good lad, he's, he's done quite a few uh, ex-sort of, uh, sort of supporters, trust players, things, hasn't he? He's been to a few, I think. When we was at that 1997 reunion, Cliff come to that one, I think, didn't he? And one or two others. He's a nice fella as well. Spoke to him a few times. And, uh, yeah, top player for Salford. You know, no airs and graces about him. Real hard worker. You know, won the Tom Bergen Trophy as well in the Premiership final in 1996. Really, really solid, solid prop for. It'd be great to see him. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. If I can get there, it'd be, uh, be good to go to. Yeah, it's free as well. So, if you if you fancy going down and... and... So I've been enjoying the evening, guys. It's always a good evening down with a supporters trust in uh, in Wharton. Uh, so if you can get down there, support that. Next bit of news: uh, Catalan 
uh, game tickets are available uh, to purchase. Uh, don't forget the club get a percentage of the ticket uh, if you buy it before kickoff, um, before the day of the game, uh, which is always good. Obviously, puts a few more sort of coppers in the bank, and then obviously if you can entice new people to come, uh, it's always an option. Yeah, in a way, it's a bit of a test Thursday night for the club, isn't it? You know, a Catalan. There's not going to be any away supporters there, so it'll be interesting to see how many how many people buy into it and go. I mean, I hope so because you know they're a good side, Catalan, the top of the table, and they've got some smashing players. Uh, it's a big test for us as well, so I hope we, we get a good crowd down there. I'm not sure whether we will now after that league game, but uh, <laughs> no, promises to be a good uh, a good night. You know, get down if you can get down there and enjoy some rugby league. Weather's going to be good. It's uh, it's definitely worth getting down there. Yeah. Uh, next bit of news: uh, Salford Learning Disability uh, Super League team uh, are trying to get going, looking for volunteers, looking for players, looking for people to help behind the scenes. Uh, they're going to be training at Eccles College um, uh, between seven and eight pm on a Tuesday. Um, I think it's great. Obviously, the club engaging with the community is people who who have uh, sort of disability who, who want to get involved in rugby, and hopefully. They can, they can get to Salford and we can have a team and we can get behind them as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, that's the one good thing about rugby league that I've always found in the time I've watched. It's a very inclusive sport, you know, and that's what you want. You want the sport to be open to everybody and all walks of life, don't we? So if you've got people with, with learning disabilities and difficulties and things like that, um, I'm not a, a massive expert on that, but I do know my, my dad works with with people like that now, driving them around and things like that. You know, people with learning difficulties, and he really enjoys it and gets a lot out of it. And um, you know, he, he comes home with a smile on his face all the time. Some of the things they say to him, and and, and he gets on really well. So, uh, you know, people from all walks of life need help, don't they? And if they can buy into Salford and Salford Rugby League Club can help them. Um, I th- I'm all for that. I think it's, it's great and I just hope people can volunteer. I know people are busy, aren't they? And people have busy lifestyles and lots of things on. So it's sometimes it's difficult to get to stuff, isn't it? But if people can invest a bit of time in that, I think it'd be really rewarding. Yeah, if you're interested, uh, contact uh, Craig Fisher on 0161-631-5252 or you can email him at craig.fisher at uh, srdfoundation.co.uk so hopefully they'll they'll get a, a team going there and we can uh, we can do their sort of reports as well which will be which will be great uh, other news as well Paul uh, our couple of our under 16s Shane Glover and Kelt Roberts uh, they were involved in the Welsh under 16s who played England uh, Sunday afternoon England come out winners in the end but I think it's great these two lads have been uh, selected for the country uh, and it shows that you know our under 16s are you know are producing some good talent yeah that's right yeah I've just been um, obviously in the amateur reporter after I was talking about those two games and uh, there was a lad from Salford City Roosters who played for England as well who gets a good mention in that so I won't say anything about him I'll let people listen to the amateur report because he played he played in that game as well so so yeah it was nice to see that because I've noticed over the past weeks the amateur sort of scene is um, there's not been a lot going on there's been quite a lot of stuff postponed for one reason or another I suppose with Covid and stuff like that so it was great to see some international rugby league the under 17s there and the under 16 I think it was as well and uh, England won both those games in Colwyn Bay didn't they so um, so well done to England but good to see some of our young players and people involved with our club uh, getting the international representation Yeah final bit of news uh, came out sort of late this afternoon Salford fine 
£25,000 uh, for breaching COVID protocols. Part of that is suspended. We're not the only side that's been... Um, sort of stung. Uh, Castleford and Othersfield will be fined too. Uh, the reason we were fined is because we had to postpone the Wakefield and Hull game uh, due to due to COVID. Uh, personally, Paul, I, I think it's a bit of a bit of a stinger really, because obviously the way the world is now, it's opening up in it. And these rugby players are human beings and I suppose it was better for them when everything was shut down because the 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 options weren't there. They didn't have to. They couldn't go to the pub, or they, or they couldn't go to the cinema, or they couldn't go out because these options weren't available to them. But now, because obviously life is is trying to get back to the new normal, um, you know, they are going to get put in positions, aren't they, where they where they can go to the pub or the cinema, and they might be a pick it up. So you're asking these players to say, well, you know, you're playing professional rugby league. What I need you to do, I need you to live like a nun, and I don't think that's fair. No, and I just hope like next season there's a bit of common sense prevails there, and perhaps we just do get back to normal. Because if you've opened everywhere up now, it, I think perhaps maybe it's time once they've had the jabs just to, to not bother testing them anymore. I think it's just a case of just let them get on with their lives and let them play rugby league. Because otherwise, you're just going to keep going around in circles, and games are just going to keep getting postponed next year. And I think the, the fines a bit harsh because at the end of the day, I mean. It's been like a global pandemic, this. Yeah. So it's not like it, they just postponed the game because there's no players. You know, people have people have lost their lives. It's been it's quite a serious thing, really, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah, I don't know the ins and outs. We don't know what the, the protocols are, are we? so I can't really comment on that. But, uh, no, it does seem harsh. And I'd like to know where that money goes. Where does that 25 grand go? Who gets that £25,000? Where, where does that go? Podcast <laughs> it seems, seems a lot of money, that, really, yeah. yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's strange. But, obviously... Like like everyone, you know, people know you can have your jab and you can still catch it. So it's not, it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, it's it's a difficult situation. Um, and rugby league, you know, have this kind of conundrum. The same they're talking about the scrums. They don't know whether that'll come back because it's a, a close contact thing every every game. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Obviously, they're going to wait and see what the science does and how if the virus mutates or, or whatever. We're in this constant sort of ever evolving situation, aren't we? So we'll we'll see how it plays out. But I thought it was just a bit, you know, a bit of a snidey shot really. But it is what it is. You've got to follow the rules. We weren't the only team that got got pinged as well which is which is one of them things a lot of people talk about the the solver conspiracy and castle does feel got got done as well so uh that shows that at least the rubber league are being consistent uh, with all the teams um yeah no comment <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i, I don't really, really know I, I know i saw a lot of i didn't know anything about my wife almost this oh have you heard this about solver i've not i've not seen it so i don't really know why so I don't know. I don't want to get involved with stuff like that, and I don't like these. I'm not a conspiracy theory person, so uh, yeah, it's just it's one of those things, isn't it? And I, I was thinking to myself today, we've got five games left now, two at home, two away in the Magic Weekend, plus the three games that we've had postponed, the whole KR Wakefield and Hull game. And from where I'm looking now, I don't think those games are going to get replayed, are they? No. Um, because the, when you think about it, the Huddersfield game got moved in it to the Thursday hmm. from the Sunday from the Sunday was it um, and that was maybe to, to to get a fixture in the week after and that never materialised did it so it looks to me like we're just going to the games that have been postponed now we're going to run out of time and not play them anyway so uh, so yeah it's, um, it's it's a funny one I mean the, the Catalan Dragons it was in doubt whether they, that match was going to be on this week wasn't it and then we've got the whole FC game on, on, on Monday coming up so 
I'd be surprised if we play both those games, to be honest with you. But hopefully we will, because we need to get the games in, don't we? But uh, I'm sure there's something else around the corner to to sting us against some sort of COVID thing somewhere. But hopefully not. Hopefully it'll go off without a hitch. Yeah, our under six teams are playing Lee uh, tomorrow night, which is Wednesday. And uh, they're playing four fixtures there, and uh, they're playing at Lee Minor Rangers. Uh, ARLFC, which is WN72LZ, if you fancy going down, 6.30 kickoff. And also, um, there's a supporters bus going to the Magic Weekend, uh, 4th of September, 10am from the AJ Bell, returns at 9pm from St. James's Park. The season ticket holders, £20. Non-season ticket holders, £25. Book it online. So that's good. At least the club have got a couple of coaches. Co- a coach has got nowhere. A couple of, uh, I think, is it Langworthy? They've got a coach going. I think the Dog and Parch have got a coach going as well. So the hopefully there'll be a big uh, following of soft fans down in, well, up at Newcastle. Yeah, I tell you what, 20 quid's good for a coach in Newcastle. Yeah. I used to go to football, a bit of football years ago and... Um... Well, anyway, I was the place watching Rochdale. That was my other sort of thing I used to do. My mates didn't support them. I just went for the day out. But um, <laughs> the, the coach trips there, I remember going to Carlisle once on a Tuesday night, and that was about 25 quid. And that, I'm talking 20 years ago. So um, 20 quid to Newcastle is really, really good. And a magic weekend, if you've not been, it's, it's a great concept, I think. In Newcastle, anyway, there's, there's certain grounds where it was a bit naff. But I think Newcastle is really good, St. James Park. It's a magnificent stadium. They've done stuff to it since, I think, last time we went. It always looks massive on the telly to me. Very friendly place, Newcastle. Great city. Um, and it, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It's a week on. Is it a week on Saturday? It's not long enough, is it? No, week on Both Saturday. Yeah, week, week on Saturday, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. How, how are you getting that? Are you going to that? We're going to be driving up, I think, if I'm going. Hopefully. Right. We'll see. Hopefully it will be. Long way, Newcastle, yeah, though, isn't it? <laughs> I'm jumping yeah, your car if I can't way. drive myself. Depends on my car, really. I yeah, suppose yeah. that's another thing. Not my car. Can't come back in the dark, can I? Well, you're on that coach. Yeah, maybe. Older on the coach. Yeah, it could be. But yeah, it's um, awesome. it's good. I hope we take a, a good following there. We've got the, the shirt as well, haven't we? We're going to wear. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. It should be uh, should be a good day. I've got Castleford as well. I think we uh, we. Uh, we always seem to have a bit of a banter with Castleford, don't we? I think there's some good fixtures at the, at the Magic Weekend. So, yeah, I'd advise anybody to get a ticket for that. should be good. Yeah. So, that's all the, the news coming out of the club this week. And now, we're going to look at what's happening in the uh, amateur scene with Paul Whitesack. Well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. It's another short one this week. There's not been lots and lots going on in the, in the amateur scene in the local area. Quite a lot of no results and postponements again. But I will give you the stuff that we have got. There was some International Rugby League played on Sunday in Colwyn Bay, actually. It was the, the under-16s and the under-17s internationals, Wales against England. So in the under-16s, Mason Harris of the Salford City Roosters were playing for England. So congratulations to, uh, to Mason Harris and congratulations to England under-16s as well. They won by 34 points to 18 against Wales under-16s. In the under-17s, another victory for England. They beat Wales by 16 points to 10. In the Northwest Men's League at the weekend, not much to talk about, as I said before. In Division 2, though, Folly Lane got a good victory. They beat Hindpool Tigers away from home by 24 points to 16. In Division 3, Salford City Roosters beat Wigan Bulldogs by 30 points to 20. 
in Division 5 South and East. Bolton Mets nil into Rosebridge A50. And the fixtures for this weekend coming, not much really. In Division 3 on Thursday night, the 26th of August, it's Lee East A against Salford City Roosters. And there's just one fixture on Friday, and that's between Rochdale Mayfield A and Chester Gladiators. That's in Division 3. We're moving on to the National Conference Leagues in League C. It was Crossfields 19, Oldham St. Anne's 18. The League C match between Wollstone Rovers and Waterhead Warriors was postponed. And in the Cross League, Rochdale Mayfield were due to play Pilkington Rex B and that was also postponed. So the fixtures for this coming weekend, well, there are none. There are no fixtures involving our local sides this week. I told you it was going to be a short report this week, so nothing uh, this week to report home about. League C, which is the league that... Most of our teams in the, in the Conference League locally are uh, involved in. It's Crossfields who are top, clock face miners a second, Rochdale Mayfield a third. They've got six wins from ten games. Wollstone Rovers, Oldham St. Anne's, Saddleworth Rangers and Warhead Warriors are propping up the league table. Well, finally this week we'll have a look at life outside Super League as we always do in the professional uh, game. In the Betfred Championship, it's really hotting up at the moment now in the Championship and League One. Let's go through the scores from the weekend. Then Betfred Championship, Batley Bulldogs continued their uh, good form. They beat Sheffield Eagles by 56 points to 12. Batley Bulldogs are now in the playoffs, fifth place, looking for a, a playoff spot now, and they uh, they should uh, get that now. Bradford Bulls beat Swinton Lions by 30 points to 26. Tremendous effort from Swinton Lions, who were rooted to the bottom of the table with just one victory. They uh, they ran. Bradford pretty close there and scored a fantastic try from uh, Rodri Lloyd. If you get a chance to see that, check that one out because it was a great try. That uh, Featherstone Rovers continued their uh, onslaught as well. They beat Dewsbury Rams by 64 points to six. Uh, points machine uh, Craig Hall there with uh, a hat trick of tries and he kicked 10 goals from 11 attempts as well. So he's a real prolific uh, point scorer. Oldham 6, Toulouse Olympic 34, Widnes 25, Halifax Panthers 6. Good result that for Widnes. Halifax have been going well. York City Knights beat Whitehaven by 30 points to 12 and there was a postponed match between Newcastle Thunder and London Broncos. In Betfred League 1, Coventry Bears 50, West Wales Raiders 18, Doncaster 26, Barrow 18. Big result that Barrow near the top. Doncaster upsetting Barrow there. Barrow have um, lost a couple of games in in recent weeks. Seems to be falling off slightly. London Scholars 14, Keithley Cougars 34, Rochdale Hornets 34, Hunslet 34. And the result of the day, top of the table, Workington Town 18, North Wales Crusaders 40. Great win for the Crusaders. They're up to third in the table. Nine wins from 14 matches. They're right on the heels of Barrow and Workington now. That should be a cracking finish to that League, uh, league One this season. Fixtures for this week then. It kicks off on Saturday the 28th of August. West Wales Raiders entertain Keith Lacougas in League One. That's a three o'clock kickoff on Saturday. In the Championship, Sunday, Dewsbury Rams face Newcastle Thunder. Halifax Panthers play Swinton. London Broncos are at home to Sheffield Eagles. Oldham face Featherstone Rovers. Whitehaven take on Widnes Vikings. And York City Knights play Bradford Bulls. They are all three o'clock kickoffs. In Betfred League One on Sunday, Barrow play London Scholars at two. Doncaster play Workington Town at three. Hunslet are at home to Coventry Bears at three. And there's a half past two kickoff between North Wales Crusaders and Rochdale Hornets. That's all I've got for you this week. Don't forget there's action for Salford on Thursday and Monday this week. Catalan Dragons half past seven, I think it is. Yeah, half past seven on Thursday night. And we face Hull FC at two o'clock on, uh, on Bank Holiday Monday. That's all I've got for you. You take care and I shall see you soon. So that's Paul's amateur report. And next up, we'll look at the, uh, the Catalan game on Thursday night. <laughs>
So, Salford face Catalan at the AJ Bell Stadium on Thursday. Catalan, top of the table, uh, were decimated by COVID last week. Managed to pass all the COVID tests, so the game is on, which is good news. Uh, Paul, so hopefully we'll, uh, we'll take advantage of that on Thursday. Well, yeah, they've not trained for a bit, have they, Catalans, I believe, because they've been mm. sort of isolated and following the protocols and things like that. But they've been playing well, haven't they, when they have played, you know, top of the table. They've had um, a couple of defeats, haven't they, the last couple of weeks. They got beat at St. Helens. I watched that game. I thought they were well beat there against St. Helens. But I've been impressed with them when I've seen them this season. You know, they've got some good young French players in the side as well, some exciting players, haven't they, along with the Australian players they've got and the English players they've got. They've got a real blend there, haven't they, now in, in Perpignan. And I think Steve McNamara has done a, done a terrific job there. He's uh, really brought them together and took them from being sort of a mid-table sort of teetering on the playoffs team to a, to a real challenging team now. I mean, Catalans have got a great chance of, of getting to Old Trafford and, and, and lifting that trophy. So, uh, so yeah, I think these two games now, we've got a chance against Catalan, I think, just going off the, the COVID thing, the fact they've not trained for a bit. We could catch them cold on Thursday night. So uh, it's important we turn up. We've got two home games now and a chance to, to really kickstart the season and, and finish strongly. Yeah, they're top try scorers, the top assisters, similar tackles to us, similar tackle bursts to us. They've made more meters uh, than us. It's kind of a when you look at the stats, they just can, they just score more tries and, and make more. Um, but it is what it is. That's where they're top of the table because they manage to stay in arm wrestles longer than we do, and that's why they're top and we're not. Yeah, they've got some quality players. Well, you know, look at Josh Drinkwater and. Um... James Maloney, the half-backs are very solid, aren't they? Sam Tompkins has played some good stuff this season, coming out of full-back as well. So they've got a big, strong pack of forwards. And when they get on top of you in that south of France, they can really steamroll the account. So they've got talent all over the pitch, Rob. They're a, they're a good side, aren't they? So we're going to have to be on our metal to, to beat them. But I think sometimes with Catalan, you can, you can catch them cold. You know, if they're not on the game, they're not on the game. They tend to be quite flamboyant sometimes. Don't, they're not as methodical like St. Ellen's side who don't tend to give anything away whatsoever, really, do they? So I think with Catalan, if you can get in the arm wrestle with them and, and move the ball, and you can score points against them. I think you can score points against them. So, uh, so yeah, I'm looking forward to this game. It should be good. Like I said, it's always good to see... Um, to see us come along with um, you know quality players like that, you know to see how test yourself against them. This is going to be a test on Thursday night. There's no doubt about that. Um, they they sort of put us to the sword, didn't they, in, in Perpignan when they played us earlier in the season? So uh, so yeah, we need a response. I think we need a response after the the debacle that was the league game on uh, on Sunday. I think we need to to go out there and show the supporters that we're not a Mickey Mouse team. That we that we're a good side and we've got some good players in there and. Uh, yeah, I think if I was a player that had lost in that league game on, on Sunday, I want to go out there and put a few put a few things right, you know, put things to bed and, uh, and perform well. So we're looking for a response, aren't we? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how Richard Marshall kind of uh, juggles his squad, whether he sort of yeah. brings, sort of changes his pack a bit or, or brings his sort of few forwards in and things like that. Because obviously the, the problem was uh, sort of consistency and keeping the in the arm wrestle. So I'm not sure what the best plan of action there really is, get your forwards who are going to go forward and make your metres or get your backs who are going to score. But obviously with your backs, you need to be in the right positions to score. And you've got your half-backs as well, I suppose, the likes of uh, Chris Atkin in the team, obviously last few weeks, was it in uh, last week? So it's going to be interesting to see if uh, Richard Marshall decides to change that up again. Yeah, do we know what's happened to Declan Patton as well? He's not been in the squad. I don't know whether Declan's injured or fell out of favour or, or what's happened there. I'm not so sure. Um, mm. But yeah, it depends which way he goes this week. I mean, I've seen a few people call Richard Marshall the Tinker Man because he has changed the side. I think a bit harsh sometimes that because I think he's 
he's had to change it because of the COVID and people getting tagged with that and caught out with that. So it has been difficult for him. But I have got a feeling that he will make changes this week. I suppose he'll have to do after that that, that league game. But what does he do? What does he change? Does he put Chris Atkin? I'd like to see Chris Atkin come back in. I didn't think Chris Atkin should have lost his place, to be honest. I think he's been pretty consistent all season. Um, but who does he play there? It's going to be interesting because Morgan Escray is back in the squad. So does Morgan Escray go back to full-back? Does Tim here go back to half-back? Like I said, I thought he played well on Sunday. He was my man of the match. So... Uh, it will be interesting to see the starting line-up, to say the yeah. least. For me, you, you don't change things at work. I think Tui stays at full-back. Uh, Escalade mm. doesn't. Escari don't make it. And then you've got Chris Atkin, Ngano and Kevin Brown to kind of think about. Because obviously, Brown's the experienced one. Chris Atkin was in form. <coughs> Ngano, you know, he's going to impress. He wants to... Ngano wants to play. Um, so, will Richard Marshall decide to go with Atkin? And Hingano, or will he go with with Brown and over the experience? Because obviously Kevin Brown is a good player, but we know that he's retiring at the end of the season. And do does Richard Marshall learn anything from obviously playing him in these situations? That's the, that's the big question for me. Yeah, I noticed on the weekend as well. He he, he didn't put an half back on the bench, did he? Quite a lot no. of times this season. He's had, that, he's had that back up on the bench, hasn't he? He's had Ivory Garno on the bench or Brown or, or whatever. So you've had something on there to change it where Sunday didn't. So <clears throat> you had to go with what you had. You couldn't make any changes. You've just got to stick with him. So will he, will he make that ploy? Will he a backup, have a backup half-back on the bench just in case things don't go right? I'm not so sure whether he'd do that. He um, doesn't know, does he? When you look at, his, look at his teams, usually he goes with big forwards, doesn't he? On his bench. And that sort of limits the options when you want to spend you want to turn your spine round. Um but yeah, it's it's interesting to see what happens there. Yeah, sometimes he has had Chris Atkin on the bench, hasn't he, quite a bit, because mm. Chris can play as a, an interchange hooker, can't he? Because you're asking a lot of Andy Ackers there, right? And playing eighty minutes. Um I think Andy Ackers has been has been decent recently, so uh so I think he he'll stay in the side, but it'll be interesting to see who he starts. It really will. I think it's a shame with Joe Burgess because he just start, <coughs> excuse me, voice. He just seems to be starting to settle in the side. Mm. Had a couple of good performances, got himself a try, and then and got got injured, didn't he? Or bowled off in um, was it the Huddersfield game. So yeah. we, we, we've, he's lost his injuries. That was disappointing. So, uh, but there's enough there. I think there's enough there to. Uh, to give Catalans a really good game, and I think we can turn them over. I don't, I, I don't see why we can't. Catalans have not won at Salford since 2016 as well, so uh, we've got a decent record against them at home. That a factor, obviously, teams. Like you say we didn't, we haven't won at Lee since 2008, so it's uh, it's it could it might get in people's heads in the south of France if you actually look at the stats. Mm, I don't always believe in them stats, but I'm just watching at straws really. Yeah. I used to do. I used to, especially with the Leeds one that we've got and the St. Helens one. But uh, but no, I don't mind. We've got a good one at Huddersfield, haven't we? What's yep. Huddersfield one? We've won there about eight years in the spin, haven't we? So yeah. uh, <laughs> it's funny sometimes the way the way things pan pan out. I wasn't. I read that today actually the Catalan stat. I wasn't sure on that, but we've had some good wins. You know, if you think back to 2017, I think we got 50 points, didn't we, and, and beat them really comfortably. And that that famous night where we were, it was just after that. Really terrible bomb thing in Manchester, wasn't it? And um, the, the the players had like a, a banner on the pitch, didn't they? I think Chris Wellham yeah. scored in the twenty seventh minute, and that that was a not a poignant night, really, it wasn't a sad night for for those reasons. But we we had a good win that night. But uh, yeah, I think two thousand eighteen we beat them, and two thousand yeah we've had to. And don't forget the two thousand nineteen winning 
46-0 winning South of France. So yeah. we have had some good results, haven't we, against Catalan over the uh, over the years and some exciting games as well. So yeah, I think I don't think it'll be a dull game on, on Thursday. I think Catalans will come to play, won't they? And uh, another exciting team to watch as well. So it should be a good match. What's weather going to be like? I think it's going to be dry, mate. I think it's going to be nice all week. So yes, it should be good weather. Normal cold. Ooh, for the AGA Bell. No, it's always mm. freezing, isn't it? <laughs> No, it's cold, isn't it? Especially sat on that balcony where we normally are. So, uh, so no, I'd say bring your bring your wind cheater with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> bring um, a jumper. Go on then. What's your what's your score prediction? Oh, oh now you're asking. Um, we can't score points, can we? <sighs> uh, no. Well, sometimes. <sighs> so for twenty four. Twenty four. Catalan 22. 24-22. Is there a story behind that? There is a little story. You know that prediction league that I remember Paul Parkin? Oh, yeah. Andy, the Featherson supporter. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, for the last three or four years we've been doing it, <clears throat> I've never backed against Salford once. <gasps> but this week I have had back. <gasps> well, I'm trying to win it. I'm trying to win the, the league. But no, I went with Cat- a close game at Catalan to win, but I can't do that on here because the listeners might lynch me. Yeah. So, uh, no, I'll... Am I, am I but... the listeners about me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, so I'm, I'm going to stick with Salford on here. 22-20. Uh, 24-22. 24-22. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go um, for a blitzing first 20 minutes from Salford. They'll come out firing after feeling stung, getting, beaten, getting beat against Lee. I think we're going to build a big lead. Uh, Catalan will come back and we'll blow them away in the last sort of 10 minutes. So I'm going to go Salford 30, Catalan 16. And I'm thinking I love your confidence. be Dan Sargentson with two tries. Yeah, I love your confidence. All right. I really do. Well, I've got to believe, you got, you've got to believe, haven't you, Paul? Because obviously we go to games, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. we? And, and we, you've got to think to yourself, we're going to win today, aren't we? And and I picture yeah. it in my mind how it's going to play out. Sometimes it doesn't, but yeah. you know, most of the time, you know, it kind of sometimes does in in in, in certain ways. Mm. Um, but yeah, I have I have total confidence. We've got some good players in that squad, and you know, if they click, then you know, we, we're going to do some damage to some some teams, um, and hopefully, it'll start clicking on uh, Thursday. You're right. You're spot on. It is all about that clicking. I think on our day. I think we're capable of beating anybody. But as I say about the league, I know Lee have struggled, but I think on the day, most sides in the league can probably beat each other. You look mm. at Wakefield a few weeks ago, they couldn't buy a win, really could. They really struggled. They, they sat the coach and they went and turned Warrington over and, and quite handsomely as well. So it's, um, yeah, let's just hope we're putting the performance. I just want to see us play well. We see us play well and I think the, the, the result will look after itself. Won't it? I think we've got a chance, definitely. Yeah. So that's the end of this week's uh, podcast, Paul. Another great show. Yeah, enjoyed it, mate. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Big thanks for tuning in to this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. Don't forget you can watch us on YouTube as well. Don't forget to like and subscribe on the YouTube. So, big thanks for tuning in to this week's uh, Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, and Spotify. See you next week.